0: Hello and welcome once again to the How Long To Beat podcast. As always, Alex and Paula join me, Rick, this week coming to you slightly buzzed after some pre-podcast drinks. So let's see how this goes. Uh, as always, we are going to talk about what we've beaten, retired and been playing. And then we're going to move on to the topic, which this week, spurned by spoiler alert, my starting this uh, this week's release of Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, it's going to mm-hmm. be a discussion on like triple A single-player games and how they're sort of maybe becoming a thing again and then we'll see if we can squeeze a question Uh, and we will definitely find space in our busy podcasting schedule for how long to beat beat the game game. oh wow you were all over the
1: place there alex
0: i don't know what's going on there
1: No, don't worry i was synced up on my end so the listeners sound good (laughs) (laughs) that's fine that's Uh, fine that's one of the inside baseball i was gonna say that's the other the insider baseball is like they all hear it at different times but it only matters on my end
2: <laughs> yeah
0: and the other place that he's killing it and i'm bringing this up now not because i totally forgot about it before but because it's a relevant segue um is the fantasy critic league so before we get started Abatage, tell us what's happened in the past month of the league
3: what's up everybody i'm Abatage, and welcome to your hell and Speak fantasy critic league roundup for october 2021 As we're heading to the end of the year, keep an eye out during November for more information on how to join up for the 2022 league, which will start signups in December. For now though, let's have a look at the standings. And to absolutely no one's surprise, Funky Face Studio stayed in the top spot, even after no new releases last month. And with only a couple more months to go, things are continually looking more and more promising for this publisher who has been dominating all year long. However, Frozen Frog finally cemented their place in second thanks to the release of Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy, yielding them another 11 points, pushing Abyssoft into the third position with no more guaranteed releases, so they won't be recovering anytime soon. General Goods saw a strong release in Age of Empires 4, which added 14 points to their total, but they lost 7 points thanks to counterpicking Far Cry 6, leaving them with no more releases on the horizon. Mango continues their strong recovery from earlier blows, this time thanks to the release of Metroid Dread worth a very nice 17 points that has left them in a decent position on the board and likewise Noise Labs managed to recover a little thanks to 2 points from the Jackbox Party Pack 8 and Mario Superstars adding a solid 10 points to their total and all this movement in the middle meant that Poke and Pour dropped a couple of places, but they'll still have another release up their sleeve during November, so there's a chance for the champ to fight back. Ashmasters kept their place at the top of the bottom this month after Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania added seven points to their total, but who knows what might happen with this publisher as they still have open slots and unreleased titles on their roster. Beatmasters also kept their position despite a busy month with the release of Jet the Far Shore losing 5 points, the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes gaining 3 points, and Riders Republic rounding off the month with 8 points. Although with some big hitters yet to come, the next couple of months could see this publisher moving a fair way up the board. Continuing to keep things stable in the bottom half, Horny Mistress also maintained position with no new releases, and with so many delayed titles, it's hard to tell if they'll be able to make a move before the end of the year hits. CD Project Rick followed suit and remained steady with no releases during October, leaving them with only a few opportunities for change before the year ends and while still feeling the loss of I Am Jesus Christ. Cockroach Content Corp added another 7 points to their total thanks to the release of Back for Blood and may be able to gain a couple of spots if those final two releases live up to the hype. Finally CD Product Refund continues to defend their spot at the bottom even after a small bump from Far Cry 6 which added 7 points to their total. There's still room for a couple of pickups and a counter to change their prospects but in which direction could that be? And as we're heading towards the end of the year, many publishers have full rosters that are all but released. As a result, there were no pickups or drops made during October. And that's how the Hell and To Be Fantasy Critic League shaped up for October 2021. With the top and bottom spots seemingly locked down, there's a whole lot of movement happening in the middle. And I expect to see even more as the year draws to close. We're in that sweet spot where those final few releases could make all the difference, but will it be enough to shift the podium and unbalance the strongest players? Only time will tell. Meanwhile, keep an eye out during November as I'll be posting a bunch of info related to the 2022 season. Sign-ups are set to open during December with the draft happening in the first week of January, but more information of that to come. So keep an eye on the forum and the discord to find out all the details.
1: And we're back. Yeah. Not a whole lot changed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm still saving myself for 22. That's what I'm consoling myself with.
1: Yeah. I still think, like, especially looking at it now, Everdread maybe has the best chance of getting close. It's just the thing, he had a couple games released this month that didn't do so hot, but Forza, at the moment of recording, it's going to be at least 24 points for him. I actually thought it was going to be higher to be honest, Uh, but 92 is like definitely the highest rating this year. And I'm very excited to play that game next week. (laughs) Um, But who knows? Time will tell. It's not over until it's over. (laughs) I wonder how many more platitudes I could take about ending. I think that's the only one I got right now. (laughs) I'm tired. It's been a long week. I've been teaching in high school all week. You know, my, my witticisms are going to be weak this week. Ooh. hey that's pretty good actually all right a week, <laughs> anyway. week of witticisms a week week of witticisms yeah that's fun that's some good alliteration all right hey, what that, are we talking about the, this uh, week yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah i want to, I jump straight in because just at the back end of halloween i managed to squeeze two scary games in Ooh, the first of those was the uh previously sort of cancelled and cancelled like in the social sense not in the this game didn't get finished sense devotion hmm. Uh, by Red Candle Studios, Red Candle Games, whatever, um, the makers of Detention. This is probably the best walking sim I've ever played and a phenomenal horror game. Really nails the aesthetic, the sense of tension, doesn't overuse the like, scary long head, sort of Jew on the Ring kind of girl jumping up at you kind of thing really builds tension, builds this story where you're like, what on earth is happening here? Um, Throws your sense of stability and perspective in very clever ways. Tells a compelling story, which I feel like, when we talked about horror last week, is an underrated aspect of that. Like, if you don't care about the people that are in there and what's Mm. happening to them, you don't really care about the fear. And this does a really, really phenomenal job of making you care, I thought. Uh, it's an excellent game, I I can't recommend it highly enough, I had a wonderful time being a little bit sort of unnerved by it um, and it's an interesting narrative it, it it goes places that not a lot of games go, I'll be honest at first I didn't totally get the ending, um, I think some of it is very much couched in the, um, the Taiwanese sort of eastern culture that the game comes from and having sort of read a little bit into that after the fact and sort of looked at Um, people talking about their perspective on the ending and stuff like that, I feel like it made a lot more sense to me. Even if I hadn't read that, I would have had a a thoroughly wonderful, not wonderful time with it, if that makes sense. Um, And and as a horror and aficionado, Alex, I actually think you should really make the time to check this game out. It's only two Mm. and a half hours long. I feel like you would especially get a lot out of it. Um, Maybe less so, Paula, but I feel like you'd appreciate it also. Didn't you say um, was this
1: the, is this the same dev as uh, Detention? Exactly. Yes. Okay. And yeah, this I really is like the game Detention. that
0: got um, yeah, Zhijin pulled from the internet.
1: <laughs> Classic. So,
0: <laughs> but you know, it only took them eighteen months and like building their own personal storefront to sell it again. Was it and, pulled um, because
1: I'm... is it is it because they is it because like the whole Taiwan was like like it does it, it claims Taiwan's a country in it is that the whole.
0: Sort of. So it's partially that, but predominantly the fact that they'd left an asset in the game files, uh, poking fun at the, the common comparison of Xi Jinping to Winnie the Pooh, uh, okay. which
1: oh. clearly,
0: clearly gets under the thin-skinned dictator. Uh, yeah. So that's a whole thing. Um, their publisher, like, cooked out. Uh, they couldn't find anyone else to pick it up. GOG, in, like, the height of the cyberpunk controversy announced and then unannounced that they would be releasing the game on their platform in the same 24-hour period, so fuck Mm. GOG also. Um, And then Red Candle Games was eventually like, well, do you know what, we're just going to sell the game ourselves, like, drm free. give us some money, you can have the files, sick. And um, I'm I'm very happy that I jumped straight on it, both to support a a poor starving artist or group of artists in that situation, but also because it's a really good game. It's really good. It's great. Um, nice. less great, but arguably more interesting, um, is a game called I'm Scared, um, uh, which I know friends of the podcast, uh, Cock and Uwe both played. Uh, this is a game that, minor spoiler in a similar way to Doki Doki Literature Club, uh, plays with the fact that you are a person at a computer playing a video game. Um, okay. but it, it really goes above and beyond what that game ever tries to do. Uh, because that game is more of a, lo- a love letter to visual novels, and mm. it does some light sort of play with the desktop in that sense. Um, I'm Scared is very upfront about the fact that you are playing a video game, and there will be a folder that we're going to put on your desktop from the off, and it's going to be relevant to the game that you are playing. Um, would I say the story's great? No. Would I say it's overambitious? ambitious? Probably. Uh, did I use a guide to get through certain aspects of the game? Absolutely, fucking Especially, there's there's a section where you're like in this weird sort of proto-maze, and you've got to try and find a gramophone with like barely-there audio cues, and it fucking sucks. And if I hadn't like checked a guide, I probably would have just banged my head against the wall for half an hour and retired the game. So, you know, it, it's not perfect. It's far from perfect. But it tries something. It's very ambitious. It does things that no other game I've come across really tries to do. Um, definitely hits the spooky vibe. Gave me a couple of proper sort of jump out of my chair scares, which is great for like a, a spooky season, end of spooky season, sort of tail end of spooky season, hangover from spooky season game should do for you. And it was very, very cheap. I think I paid 83 pence in the autumn sale that's just gone on, the Halloween sale. I think for that price, even arguably for full price, it, 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 it's utterly worth experiencing. Uh, does some clever things plays with and subverts your expectations um tries approaches and angles that i can't think of a game that's done before so yeah i had a pretty good time with it i think i, I probably rated a little bit more highly than i would have otherwise just because of all of the envelopes that it pushed and i i think if you weren't someone who was listening to this podcast and clearly has like an interest in games and the mechanics and the way that they function harder sell much harder sell but if you're listening to us three schmucks ramble about games for two hours a week chances are you're interested and chances are this is a game that's going to appeal to you and speak to you um in enough of a way to justify like the one or two pounds of entry so yeah that's me paula tell us about nightshade
2: hey sorry i sorry if i'm like low energy i swear i am dying here (laughs) We're all dying, Paula. That's
0: how
1: life
2: works. (laughs) Yeah, for those
1: who are aware, like you know, Rick and I are about to enter winter, but Paola's hitting that good old hot summer now down south of the equator. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: sorry if I'm melting in my chair here, but whatever. Uh, Night eight for the Nintendo Switch. I don't know how I pulled this off because I pretty much played the remaining uh, three routes plus all the extras of this game, and. Um, I like guess a quick summary is like um and this the main character andy goes out in her first mission she uh gets like a kind of like an extra mission or like gets involved in one of two missions, depending on like um where you're standing um point wise uh with the other characters, and then something happens, she is. Um, frame for murder, and then she's pretty much persecuted in one way or another. The thing with nature is that it kind of, since NG gets persecuted either way, like in all the, the routes, it kind of like starts getting old. Though mm-hmm. there are like a couple of routes that uh, I guess they put a different spin on it, and also there are like the fact that in some of the routes she's getting chased by her own village, and in other routes she's getting chased by a group of um, different groups of chinobi uh, of or ninja clans. Um, I like to say that. The game is good, but there's like <laughs> a couple of like questionable things about about the game that I kind of didn't think, especially when it comes to a character named Kuroyuki. Uh but and it has to do like pretty much like um gaslighting like the, the character is like a shitty character. Mm and I really don't think that kind of thing and it's a shame because he's like kind of like it's not like the true route but he kind of like ties a lot of the like open questions uh, from the other character route so it's like you you don't have to play that route last, but it is recommended you play it last. I'm like why no don't do that to yourself so I'm gonna say, if you play Nightshade, play, like, in any other order you like. If you don't want to play Hiroyuki, I don't blame anyone who doesn't want to play that route. Uh, But not all routes are, like, created equal, so I feel like some of the routes are, like, really good. Hiroyuki's, like, me. And some of the other routes are, like, in the middle ground. Though, I have to say, I am very happy that I... Um, first got like all the good endings and all the bad endings, and then like went and did all the extras. Because this game has a lot of extras to play, uh, because like the, the extras kind of like were... I want to say like, um, on the cuter side of things, uh, you also get to interact with characters, you don't interact much like uh, on the main game or like in the main story. There are like bonus scenes for each individual character that happens like in between the story and, there, and then you have like an extra scenario that is just here, you suffer enough, take some sugar, take some emotional sugar. And that was kind of nice. Um, so regardless of, uh, I would say that the game is good, maybe not great. The music is amazing, though. And overall, like the art is good. The writing is hit or miss depending on the route. I feel like the best executed routes were Hanzo, Hattori, Hanzo, and Ishikawa Kagemom, because Hattori Hanzo kind of like only you see like things going somewhere in the sense of andu is not like uh. A static character, but she kind of like has the drive to grow in different ways. And there, and you also get to see like the best from. I want to say like more than half of the of the cast of the main cast. Uh, But also, I feel like it's better written than most of the routes, and it feels different, like overall. And Goemon Ishikawa Goemon, it's, you could say it has like the happiest ending in a way, uh, mainly because uh, this character is based off of the a famous thief. And it kind of like takes the, I guess the gentleman thief approach that Lupin from Godreel takes in the sense that this character doesn't like to resort to violence and it's pretty much like and you like develops skills that aren't like for fight but for trickery and running away so in comparison because in every other route you have to fight in, in one way or another so in a way it keeps like things fresh and I have to say, like the the ending, like how things get solved, perfectly fits like the overall theme of the character, and it was amazing. (laughs) Nice. Uh, And those are like the two routes that, in my opinion, make the game worth it. I think that Chagiru wasn't bad, but it was like not too good either. And what was the other one? Gekamaru. Yeah, like that route didn't do anything for me, like story-wise and motivation-wise. But anyway, and Kureiji is like is usually like the one character like most of the people don't like, and there's but there's like a very faithful like fan following that really likes a character and the route. So yeah, that was Nightshade. I didn't expect to talk uh, that much about this game, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Take it away, Alex.
1: Yeah, so I beat uh, into the nightshade. Sorry, that's terrible. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, (laughs) it's my editing week, isn't it? Go ahead. uh, There you go. Um, So I beat Pixel Puzzle Makeout League on the Switch. Uh, Well, I mean, technically. I beat, like, I guess because it's basically a visual novel, I beat a route of the game. There's technically four. So I think to, like, really beat the full game, you have to go through and play as everyone. It makes it easy to do that because you can literally just, like, go and select any of the stages, basically, um, to, like, go through and, and beat them. Um, but I have no interest in doing that. And <laughs> I was like, look, I like the game. I had fun with the pick cross, and I really like the way that it blends in together. But, like, the weakest part of the game is obviously the visual novel elements like i just their picross is like look their picross game is great this is i think along with murder by numbers this is probably the best like knockoff picross that i've played um because like yeah because like the main picross like is it jupiter I, i can't remember Name, yeah, thanks, Jupiter. Yeah, Yeah. they have always had like a lockdown on the UI when it comes to pit cross, like, they just got it, you know. And even like their puzzles are super excellent. But in this one, too, I I have yet to encounter and I don't think there's any of the giant 20 by 10 ones. Um, or is it 20 by I don't know, there's those really, really, really big ones. 20 by 15, yeah, 20 by 15, yeah, none of those. The biggest they got to is 15 by 15, which to be honest, I prefer. The 15 by 15, um, I find when we get larger than that, I just start to get a little, like, I have to spend a little too long on them or they have to be, like, a little more simple. So, anyway, uh, that's besides the point. But, yeah, UI-wise, excellent. Uh, The story is, it's stupid, but it's fine. Like, the writing's not, like, bad by any means. It's just kind of, like, you know, it's 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 dumb. It's about a group of puzzle-solving superheroes in the future where, like, weird objects are raining down on their city it's weird there's a there's a puzzle piece with legs it's weird all right <laughs> um, and, and what i know our audience is
0: clamoring to know is was she the one was it did you date the puzzle piece
1: no i didn't uh i should have actually maybe i will play through just to go see what the puzzle piece is like because i dated the sudoku girl because i was like no i want these <laughs> two to do this i don't want to date those other two dudes um but maybe i'll go through and play with the puzzle piece actually that no, you mentioned it i might go back and do that uh whenever i want a little more you know um puzzling fun i probably went through it way faster than most people would because i i didn't like necessarily skip through the dialogue but i could get the gist pretty easily like i was just kind of like got it got it got it got it got it you know like i'd go okay 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 um i think if you care more about that kind of stuff you might enjoy it more like pal i think you'd have a fun time um especially because you like both Mm Picross and visual novels i think you you'll very much enjoy this game (laughs) um and like i said it doesn't waste your time in terms of routes and stuff right like it's very much like okay, look, here's a big one where everyone's together. And now here are the branching off moments. So play through those. But if you want to replay, you never have to replay those group moments again, you know? So that to me, I was like, oh, I like that. I'm like, so if I do want to go back at any point and just play through those other ones and get those puzzles, I'm not going to have to, you know, replay the entire game again. It's like, great. I can just go to those isolated moments. So that's pretty nice. And like I said, this game is like, so cheap and there's a lot in it <laughs> um so yeah worth it if you like pickcross. i think especially if you've burned through the other Picross games out there like i don't th- it's not better than murder by numbers that is still the best story driven pit cross game out there and i i would actually say murder by numbers is better than all Picross games as far as i'm concerned like it is the pinnacle of it it has reached that it reached that pinnacle and i don't know where you can go from there <laughs> um and then Pit Cross Games are there, and then this one. That's that's my little listing.
2: I, can't I remember so it's it. been in the back oh, look for a while, so you're really selling it to me right now. Yeah.
1: I,
0: I wish you'd sort of pitch as being like the third best before you convinced both me and Paula to
1: buy it. Uh, <laughs> I thought I, I said, said that. Mer- oh, you have played Murder? No, yeah. Not. Yeah, but you you how much was didn't. it again? It was like what you guys paid like six bucks for it or something.
2: I actually ah, pay like that. four bucks because they have three. Oh, you four save bucks for worth of golden points.
1: I
0: feel like I definitely paid
1: more than that. I Did you? Remember. It wasn't on sale when you got it. It was on sale for 10 bucks. when that I got mean, it. maybe. Yeah. But listen, third best is still good. Like, Today's the wrong
0: day to ask me how much I paid for a thing a week oh, ago. That's fair. That's, no, just... that's fair. I'm pretty
1: sure. I thought you sent me a screenshot and I thought I saw it was like 10 bucks or something like that. Um, i Look, probably
0: did let's y- let's fact check myself
1: yeah it's not very expensive like um I, I, yeah as we like scroll back to see uh the screenshots yeah yeah yeah
2: you paid five dollars five sixty-nine. also let's be honest that's, i mean why... i
0: didn't because we pay our shit in pounds yeah
1: that's what i meant though five
2: 69 <laughs> pounds. That's <what>
0: I'm <laughs> yeah you're right but this is what i mean no, for no, five... right. i paid five pounds and 69 pence yeah for right.
1: five pounds and 69 cents this game is completely worth it like it's 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 worth more than that, frankly. But yeah, that's like totally fine. Murder by Numbers, I'm pretty sure, is more expensive than that. Um, And it's also worth it. Yeah. But again, listen, if you don't like Picross, these games will be ass for you. Like that's just, I just want that. That is a disclaimer right off the bat. Like you gotta love that. If you love Picross and visual novels, play Pixel Puzzle Makeout League. It's incredible. If you like Puzzle games in Ace Attorney play murdered by numbers, because that's basically what that game is, uh, without the courtroom. Anyway, it's fun. <laughs> End of story.
2: <laughs> I'm just happy because I beat all the categories. So I have pictures yeah. fun for years.
1: <laughs> oh, you're gonna be you're gonna be totally fine. Actually, another one that I want to play is the aviary attorney at some point. I'm very excited about that one. It's amazing. Ever- it's amazing. It's amazing. Okay. Play it.
2: It's
0: really, really good. Yes. I'm just Do waiting it. for
1: another sale. I'm hoping around uh, you know, good old Black Friday stuff. Freaking America! I'm sure there are uh, lots of stuff. I had so. such
0: a good time with Aviary Attorney. I played it one Christmas, like four years ago. It's, it's um, I had more fun with it than Ace Attorney, but like yeah. clearly I'm a little bit atypical. So for, yeah, hundred percent.
1: Um, anyway, I also beat a wicked game called The Forgotten City on Xbox. It's on Game Pass actually. I was waiting for it to. I was this close to buying this game many times, but I was like, "Bro, it's coming to Game Pass. You know this game is coming to Game Pass. It is a Game Pass game." in design like you know it's just like this small indie company i was like this game there's no way in hell this doesn't come to game pass and i was correct it came to game pass and uh it's fucking dope so for those who don't know this was a skyrim mod uh back in the old day and it won a writer's award in Australia as a Skyrim mod, which should tell you something yeah. about the writing in this game. Um, and then I, they just decided to kind of re. And it's interesting because like Skyrim already takes a lot of inspiration from Rome and whatnot and from like ancient civilizations to create their concepts. So they basically rewrote this as being set in like ancient Rome. But I can't huh, I can't talk about this game much because it's all spoilers and it is not... you. Do not spoil this game for yourself because it is so satisfying to play on its own. It's a mystery game. The only thing that I will mention is like you are from the future and you go into the past. That's something that like that's that's the immediate setup of the game. Um, so that's the only thing the I'll main, say on that.
0: Mm-hmm. The main rule's not super spoilery though, is it? Because I've like I've watched quite a few video. That essays about the game and they all talk about it pretty upfront, pretty early on as that's the thing that you learn like very, very early.
1: Yeah. The, the time loop thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's uh, not um, even
0: that, the sin thing, the sin thing.
1: Oh, actually, yes. That is like an immediate thing. Yeah. So the main setup with this game is that like you're in this Roman town where they're living under what's called the golden rule. Um, and so the concept is that like, if anyone commits a sin in this city, um, they will all be turned to gold. So you arrive and you're tasked with finding out who's going to break this rule and and doom us all. Um and boy but every time oh, you can boy. get
0: straight back to the beginning. So like you yes. get to just follow the loops and work out what's going on. Yeah.
1: And where 12 minutes was a stupid fucking game, this game uses its time loop so well. Oh my god, it is so good. Like and oh, just the stuff they do with the time loop. It's just so it is so it is so smart and it is so integral to the game like it uh, and it is so well written and the story it tells the complex philosophical questions this game asks are so good and like every single character all the dialogue is so expertly written um, beautifully performed deals with subject material that as a little history nerd I am obsessed with and was like oh yeah here we go deep cuts like Oh and if you play this game I recommend playing as the archaeologist because the archaeologist gives you these fun little like um, like if you hover over items and stuff it'll like tell you what they are and like you'll get insights into some of like the historical stuff and like that to me is really fun there are other like things you can play as and I'm sure they're fine too but this is a game like this is basically I, I call this like an educational game because frankly it is um, and yeah it's super good the only only thing that drags this game down is that there are a few little combat-esque sequences um where you wield a bow and that's when you're like oh yeah it's a Skyrim mod (laughs) it's like (laughs) it's very Skyrim-y combat and it's not good uh it's it's serviceable it's fine but you're like not very good (laughs) and I'm just kind of like the game would have been better without it but is it so bad that you're gonna be like, Ugh, no, I don't want to play this? No, it's not. It's just you're gonna be like, all right, I'll get through this part so I can get back to the like the dope mystery solving. Um, but yeah, voice acted ter- uh, terrifically well. It even has that funny Skyrim thing though, where like when you when you like start talking to someone if they're like facing away, they'll do that like slow turn around to you and it like zooms in on their face and you're like Scarab! <laughs> and obviously they they made it like in an engine of their own entirely, right? But like a lot of those design choices were sort of carried over, but anyway, uh if you have Game Pass, like play this game right away. Like it is so good. Not very long. I beat it in like five hours, I think. Um so I played over like two sittings or so. Um so yeah, just watch for this team, cause the best part too is that the mystery is super satisfying in the end as well. Like it's just I just thought it was I was very pleased with it. And I was like, this is excellent. It would have been a ten out of ten for me if not for That combat stuff, frankly. (laughs) Um, Yeah, anyway. Have either, yeah, either you going in for this one?
0: When I do my Game Pass month, maybe. Mm.
1: I'll be honest, 300 games you have to play on your Game Pass month.
0: (laughs) I mean, I've got like, hang on, let me pull the spreadsheet up. I've got like six so far. I have got 12 minutes, Sable, The Artful Escape. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to dabble with Mist because you waxed lyrical about like the HD super yeah, version. It was done. good. Uh, super Liminal, and then um, Haven and Genesis Noir are like maybes, and now the Forgotten City is, City is very strongly a maybe. Nice. Oh, okay. and yeah, um, fucking, how have I missed The Ascent? That should be on my fucking spreadsheet. Yeah, it that was a fun
1: okay. game too. That was a fun game.
0: Yeah.
1: It certainly is cool. a stylish
0: oh, one. So, yeah all told nine games
1: there you go as, yeah as which i want so to actually
0: more. complete at least five
1: yeah i i've just got oh anyway anyway that's what i've beaten um why don't we move along to retired uh yes. rick do you want to tell us all about your retirement
0: oh go on then i will uh, i'm just gonna write the ascent so i don't forget it <laughs> Uh, and From the ascent to the descent into the retired, um, I've got four retirements this week, somehow. Mm. Uh, the first of which is, uh, formerly last week's playing game, Stubbs the Zombie. All this not aged well. <laughs> yeah. It feels like a PS2 game, although it's, I think, XBLA, like a 360 title. But they, they've not really done enough with the remaster to elevate it. It's like really horrible linear paths. With like two NPCs, both of which you have to eat the brains out of. The combat's really clunky and awkward, and there's nothing to do besides the combat. There's like really shitty cutscenes in between them that do nothing except bridge from one terrible combat zone to another terrible combat zone. And it's just no fun in it. There's no joy in it. It's 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 terrible. So Oof. I'm very glad I, I got this for free. Yeah, no, it's not good. It it wasn't it wasn't the one. Uh I then played Neurovoider on Vita, which when I first played it, I had quite a good time. Uh, and then I was juggling a few of the games, so I paused it and I was like, I'll come back to this. Having come back to it, like it just didn't really hook me the second time. It's a very by-the-numbers roguelite, but it doesn't quite get the feel right. It feels kind of off, both in mm-hmm. movement, in terms of hitboxes, everything else. Some of that could be because it's on Vita and it's like a PS4 game that's been ported down, that's very possible, but it didn't grab me in the way it needed to for me to carry on playing. Similarly, Little Battler's Experience LBX for the 3DS. Um, people who play import games might know this as Dambel Senki Burst for the PSP. The 3DS port is like a, a localized sort of EX type edition. This is Custom Robo Arena if it was made by level 5. And in that sense, like it's pretty cool. Uh, the story's quite nice, the graphics are very pretty. It's pitched quite young, and mechanically it's a lot more simplistic, which is a shame, because Custom Robo Arena was on the DS, and the original was on the GameCube question mark? The 3DS is capable of far more than this combat system allows it to do. Mm. And what you're effectively reduced to is a single attack button switching between two weapons um, and like special moves in this combat system. It's very thin, the combat's pitched way too easy, so it just ends up becoming a massive slog. And this is another one where I paused it a while back, thought I'll come back to it, and having come back to it, I've just realised that there was a reason that I paused it in the first place. So, that's Hmm. a shame, but I think that's more of a, a me thing than anything else. Like, if I'd, if I'd gotten that game 15 years younger, I would have loved the shit out of it. I
1: was going like, to say, is this for... kind of like babies versus ARPG kind of thing? Like, really good for a very much show. And the, yeah.
0: the story's cool. pitched very Saturday morning cartoon, but not in a way gotcha. that's relatable as someone who's like a grown ass adult with a job and then everything else. Like, it, it doesn't quite work for me as a demo. And that's not necessarily the game's fault. That's just a, a connection that's not quite happening properly yeah it's one of those. Uh, the last one is a game called Battle Zone for the PSP. Uh, when you go onto uh, a little website called howlongtobeat.com and look for the game Battle Zone, you will find like five different versions, all called Battle Zone, all denoted purely by the year in which they were released. Thanks publishers. yeah, this Dear is God. the 2006 PSP release um, which you know I'm kind of a big deal. I submitted this one to be like on the game's list. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Uh, i kind of wish i hadn't it's not great it's
1: there it's are like so many battle early... zones my god
0: <laughs> listen all the battles must be zoned so this game is like an early psp era title where being 3d and in handheld was kind of enough to sell the game but playing it 15 years removed The deficiencies and the gaps are glaringly obvious. This is a game that were it on Vita and did it have free camera movement uh, would probably be a lot better, as is it relies on an auto aim that isn't nearly generous enough to accommodate the fact that your camera control is tied exactly to the way that you're moving the tank. The gameplay is very thin. It's basically just a load of like combat arenas stitched together into a story there's not really anything there especially now like maybe when it came out maybe it was worth sticking with but playing it in 2021 it's just not it's not it like there's not enough to engage or stick or to compel you to really try and get past the deficiencies in control and design yeah so disappointing yeah disappointing week for me in terms of retirements but you know you box those off, and then you can make more time for the games you love. A game I love, which apparently you didn't, Alex. Well, Castlevania: Dawn of Sorrow. I have
1: two retirements on this, or more like a, I'll get back to you later, and then one's like a legit retirement, and two of those is like Castlevania: Dawn of I started, but the problem is like, look, you, can- you can't start a Castlevania game and pick up and put down it a bunch because. Yeah you just lose yourself entirely. And so like I put it down and yesterday I went to pick it back up and I was like, it's been like a couple days because I'm teaching again now so I'm not getting into it as much. And I was like, oh shit, where do I go? <laughs> so i I was like, oh no. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna leave this one alone. I'll come back to it when I have like free time or something and like, or if I'm traveling or something like that and I can just like actually play through it. Um, Cause yeah, it's just not conducive. So that's why it's like, it's a retirement, but it's more of that like, I will see you later retirement, (laughs) which is kind of the same for Batman Arkham Knight, though maybe more permanent with that one. I just, uh, like I said before, and I think we're gonna, we're actually, we'll probably touch on this a little bit in our topic this week, but this Mm. is one of those games that just, it just ballooned into something too much for me, you know? Like, it just becomes this open-world mess, and it's like, it's just, it's too big. I don't want to explore it. It, It's become like, a. when I think about playing the game, I'm like, oh, it's like a time commitment now. Um, You know, the other ones were like 11-ish hours. This one's getting up to like that, like 17-hour, and I'm like, "Uh, do I want to play that long? I know that's not that long, but I'm like, there's so many other things I could play, and I just... I'm just done. You know, I got my Batman fix through asylum and through city. And I just realized that like that wave has like crested. And this happens to me a lot with freaking trilogies. Is that like, I get into the first two, this happened to be mass effect. I still haven't beat mass effect three again. And the remastered uh, things I beat through one and two, and then I got to three and I'm like, I think I'm good. <laughs> and I know I'll, I'll beat it eventually. Like I want to, but it's just like, I couldn't get through it. And same with this one. It's just not going to happen. Um, Again, it's a it's it's technically a good game. Everything's Fuck. fine about it. It's designed well, but there's just something that doesn't click there. Actually, spoiler, I'll be talking about another game like this when we get to playing. Um, but it's just like yeah, it's hard, it's hard to describe because you're like everything about it Technically, when you read it, you're like, that's good stuff. Like, they've increased things. Their Batmobile controls well. Batman controls great. They've got cool villains. The story is serviceable. It's just, I don't know what it is, you know? There's just something that doesn't sit right in it. And maybe it's because there's been two other games before that were so well done. And, like, now when you come to this one, it's like, I don't care anymore or something. I don't know. I don't know. I'll be interested to know if anyone else thought the way about this, because from what I hear from people, they're like, yeah, Batman Arkham Knight, a great game that I just don't want. (laughs) You know, like it's weird, right? Anyway, uh, one game though, that I did retire that I just genuinely was like, no, fuck this shit. Uh, was river city girls. Um, and look, this game is it. If you like brawlers, great game, play this game. You'll enjoy it. Uh, I think caveat. Yeah, exactly. The positives, uh, character design awesome the two girls they're 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 really cool uh it's basically river city ransom but like gender swapped and but like gender swapped in a sense of like they have personality and uh that part's awesome the art is lovely um yeah uh the music's fine it's a little repetitive at times um the combat, it's that, it's that slow brawler combat, you know, where you move like molasses going up a hill in fucking January, where you're just like, um, and you can like press your button to go a little faster. But it's that 2D, 3D plane where I'm like, all right, I'm going to punch. And it's like, fuck, I guess I was like one millimeter off of where they are technically. So I missed and then they're hitting me and I'm like, great. And it does this stupid fucking thing where a lot of your moves are tied behind you leveling up. So when you start the game, you basically have no interesting combat maneuvers. So by the time it gets interesting, you have to have played through probably almost half the damn game, maybe even more, before you actually get, like, everything, all the stuff that you'd want to play. But the problem is that the full, that first section is boring as shit because there's not much you can do. And so, like, actually, in the very first part... Straight up, you unlock the a move to stomp people when they're on the ground, but a lot of the fighting in this game is punching people and them falling on the ground, and so for the first, like, 30 minutes, I would hit people, and I couldn't do anything when they were on the ground. I had to fucking wait for them to get up, oh, so I'm like, no. can you get up so I can hit you again? Like, ugh, I don't like this game. No. I hate brawlers. I realize, I just, I hate brawlers, man. Like, there are some really good ones from this NES era, like TMNT4, I think Streets of uh, Rage Four or whatever is fun, but it's also like like honestly, it's in the same range as these as this game, except I think it's a little more bearable because they your movement was a bit faster in it, um, and you you had your moves from the start, so at least you could you know mess around from the get go. Uh, yeah, it's leaving Game Pass soon, which is why I thought I'd try it out. Um, but I was How like, soon is nah. soon
0: because uh, I 15. may well jump in on it. I'm yeah. gonna miss that
1: then, probably. Yeah, because yeah. remember, Game Pass games always leave basically the 15th and the end of the month. That's like usually when they leave. Oh uh, okay,
0: so it's like split month. Right, go you go. Yeah, go,
1: you. yeah halfway through and then at the end. And uh I just yeah. Again, if you're a brawler fan, cool game, cool concept, but it's like a seven-hour game, and I was like, seven hours for a brawler? No thanks. <laughs> Like, that's a lot. <laughs> Streets of Rage was, like, four, and that was plenty. <laughs> you know? Like, I was, like, by the time I finished it, I was, like, whoa, whoa not my genre. Um, so, again, this is just, like, this is a hard genre game, and you really got to love the genre to get into this game. Otherwise, you're just going to be, like, no thanks. Um, Yeah. So, that is that. Should we move on to our playing? Paula? do you want to take us away? Tell us about that breath for a while.
2: Yep. Suddenly, I haven't been. Learned- been playing like much Breath of the while because there's other games that I've taken up my time. Also, I wanted to finish Nightshade because Cupid Parasite is out, and my copy of Cupid Parasite is on my way to my house. so I wanted to have a free switch, uh, or or like a free visual mobile slot if you want. If you want. You,
0: you wanted to automate room in your schedule.
2: What? <sighs> you wanted to automate
0: room in your schedule.
2: <laughs> God Moving <laughs> <Right> on. <laughs> okay, so very so much like front of Dear the world God. is just like trying to decide what the hell I'm doing next. Um Volley Bridge, on the other hand, has been my newest addiction. Because mm. I already said that the main point of the game is like um having a, a vehicle of any kind like go, go through go from point a to point B but there's worse to it than that because uh, on some levels the the cars of the mo- or the motorcycles have to like go through a specific point light like, in the middle before going to the final destination and then you start getting to like some weirdly shaped bridges or just like elevator hill because uh, sometimes you're, you you have like uh a car on on like on base floor and a car that is like on a higher platform and you have to bring the one from the base floor to a higher platform and the one that is on the higher platform to base floor so you have to plan like with hydraulics like little elevators or like things that will make like like the the road reshape itself during the level, so mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. so the the cars can go like to the correct destination. Nice. nice. And cool. then you have the ramps. I fucking hate ramps. <laughs> because sometimes <laughs> At a contest, you're just... that's great. <laughs> yep. <Yeah, but laughs> because you're sometimes given like to, I guess, too little like um road pieces or something like that. And you have to make the most of it, so you have to plan it so the car has to, like, propel itself across the chasm and hopefully land on the other side. The thing is, basics on this game is finicky. So, and sometimes you just have to like, the, the, the roads can break, so you have to make that ramp in a, in a way that you get like the most either like altitude or the most um, jumping distance. But also you have to make it so it doesn't break because otherwise that car isn't going to make it to the other side. <laughs> there are like a lot of other fun levels. Uh, in the game but some of the ramp ones are just like please no just no <laughs> but otherwise it's a fantastic game so far i've heard that poly bridge 2 has like a rework engine that has like more predictable physics so that's gonna be fun because that is also my backlog i got it like on the steam sale uh but for now poly bridge one it's fun. It's fine, but the engine could use a little bit, like uh, more work on it. Mm. Um. Oh, what were you gonna say, Alex? Nope. Okay. Um. Next up, Animal Crossing: New Horizons. Um. During next. Uh. During the. Was a Friday? I think it was a Friday. Anyway, um the 2.0 update dropped a little bit earlier. Like I think it was November 3rd instead of November 5th. And by itself, it really brings a lot into the game. Like, oh fucking lot into the game because you have like new fences, you can customize the those fences fucking finally. And also you can make like your little i want to say like marketplace in harps island so i have i no longer need to rely on re- visiting my island once every two fucking months to get like one painting and i can just try to get painting uh, a painting or a statue like every single week which by the way i did today and it was amazing because he has like two art pieces on his new stall and you could buy one if you wanted but and if you don't buy anything for his job like what is going to happen is that the the stores rotate i think every week so you have like an entire week to to buy what. Watson store, so you don't have to visit every day. But if you visit every day and buy something from bread, the item he restocks from what if Hair is different. And that is just plain awesome because that museum isn't gonna like fill up uh, by itself. So that's a blast. Also, Happy Home Paradise. Holy moly, that that is a lot of content. So on Happy Home Paradise, that is like the DLC for the the first DLC pack for Animal Crossing: New Horizons has it has you like working on like an archipel an ar- an archipelago and you are in charge of like making vacation phones for um there is like villagers that want to have like a vacation home over there so you're able to choose in which island you're gonna make the vacation home you're free to like change like the outside the inside of the house and the more you progress the more tools you unlocked and so then you can resize the room you can uh, make partitions you know you can now uh, like ascent a particular wall for, with a different uh, wallpaper and stuff like that so far I have I have have like a lot of fun like trying to design the vacation homes for these villagers though the part I like the most besides being able to do the same for mine is that you can also design facilities So I designed my first facility in the island and you are able like to design a school like an actual classroom for the and the villagers go to to that classroom and you can assign a particular villager to be like the the teacher of the island like and I know there's like a restaurant somewhere I haven't um got into that yet The one part I feel is bullshit is you can't resize your like the rooms of your house. Like you can resize the the rooms for any of your villagers homes, but you cannot do that like with your own house, which was like the one I was like hoping I could do because I had like an idea that didn't fit into just the like the basic structure of the house. So that was a bummer. Anyway, a lot of fun with Animal Crossing New Horizons. So far, like the, both the 2.0 update and the expansion pass um, have been amazing so far. Let's see how long that lasts though.
3: Hmm.
2: I'm back into playing Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective on the Nintendo DS. Um, I just went through the, I, I'm gonna say the ladybug segment.
0: The what segment, sorry? Ladybug. Oh, yeah, I know the bit you mean. Yeah, you're just a smidge behind where I am. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yep. And I want to say that this character, like that, that one character finds herself dead as often Maya finds herself in jail (laughs) or in the detention center. Word. Uh still so, like the, the game has a, a lot of charm a lot of charm. I love it so much. Like the animators don't uh and it, on like on such I want to say like limited hardware or, like because they're like the the art style of the game, like the actual models are kind of crunchy. Mm. But still the way they make them like they give them that like, such amounts of personality. It's just amazing, and they're like,
0: timeless. Like I've been playing on an emulator on like four X resolution, and they still look phenomenal. And that's not the case for most DS games when you res them up, because they're right? designed with that chunky resolution in mind. Like yep. for Ghost Vic, it it just shines through.
2: Yeah, like even I played um, Fire Emblem, Shadow Dragon, and the, and the Blade of Light, and those and those model slash pixels did not age well at all (laughs) like the ones for the ts remake they're they they are ugly Hmm. but this game like like i don't know it's like a fine wine or something (laughs) yeah ma'am. uh still i'm i'm still loving the puzzles nothing feels like too bullshit or anything like that and yeah i'm having a lot of fun i really uh i really hope i find more time to play this one because it is amazing highly recommended. and then finally they um i'm playing age of years four this one thanks to game pass because for some reason i was able to buy a month of game pass for a dollar and i wasn't gonna say no to that for mm. to that deal and uh, I was playing last uh, yesterday, Oops. Age of Empires 4, and I was like, kind of surprised because, or kind of like disappointed in a way because of how there were like only eight civilizations to choose from. And that compared to Age of Empires 4 is like less than half, less than half. But then I went and played with the, what's the name of this civilization, the Mongols and they... They feel so fucking different to all the other full civilizations I played before because they are nomads. But unlike how the Hans were nomads on Age of Empires 2, that in the sense that they don't build houses, they are like more of a aggressive civilization, stuff like that. They focus on movements, so their best units are horses or like knights. It, like. The the Mongols take that to a whole other level because they can they can pack up the their buildings and move them somewhere else. And I'm like What the fuck? Um they don't um they actually don't do farms either. So instead of that, they're just they just hair cheap. Like the nice. cheap the They, their food economy is a sheep economy. (laughs) And sheep economy. That was a bad joke. (laughs) You loved it.
0: (laughs) It was. Um... I mean, it was woolly at best.
1: Okay, okay, that wasn't bad. That was bad. <laughs> that, that was bad. bad. That that was was bad. bad. <laughs> it's my editing week. We stopped it. We stopped it the moment before. It's all so good. There you go. This... So would you say then that when... like Age of Empires 4, it's like there's less people, like less groups to choose from, but they're more distinct?
2: Not only they're more uh, distinct, but each group is like more... Um. Even... If two players play the same civilization, they can play like in vastly different ways gotcha. because of the like um, um, I forgot the name like uh, of, of how you you advance through the ages that is building like one of two buildings. Hmm. So hmm. in the case of uh, these fuckers, <laughs> um, you could have. Um, I'm trying to look like for the special uh, buildings here because I. I love the idea
0: that that's their official name. (laughs) These little fuckers. Who are they?
2: (laughs) Oh, I don't actually remember what were like the two like focuses of their buildings, but I think one was like more towards like a certain kind of like unit, and the other one was Hmm. towards mobility and economy.
1: Branching paths, huh?
2: They're branching paths. Yeah, they want. And the other civilization I try was the Rus. The Russ? Yeah, the Rus. And they also play completely different because they're like Wait, the Who? The 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 Rus? you Us?
1: The Rus. Oh, like like proto- Okay, no, sorry, keep going.
2: And they're a little bit easier to to like micrometage because and the the Mongols were had too many like weird things going on for them like to to comprehend like in just one sitting or like one one game. Uh, the rest, on the other hand, like kind of like specialize on hunting and they generate gold, uh, a little gold income by hunting, and they are also like specialists like. They they farm wood really fast because they have like these, um, like uh, posts that give them visibility, but they are they also give like bonuses to the, um, to the lumberjack buildings and stuff like that. The wooden fortresses—that's the name of it. The lumber comes. <laughs> oh my god, I'm confusing like all the RTSs. I'm so fucking sorry. But well, I
0: what, know, what I hope do we have?
2: I am so sorry. Still, uh, the one thing I'm finding like a little bit that I don't like as much uh, on this one, on this game, is that uh, it is too countery in the sense of like if you're playing like more competitively, which I stopped doing like a long time ago. But if you play competitively, um, where every second counts. It is very easy to just like spying what the other person is doing and choose like the unit that counters their army and just like decimate their army completely. In a more casual setting that is like the more that I'm, um how I'm playing like with my boyfriend and my friends, we don't like count the seconds uh, or like, Calculate like how many seconds do we need to have like this amount of villagers or something like that. It's still a solid game, but for competitive players, I would still like stick with Age of Empires 2 because that game was super fucking balanced. And you can still recover from an attack like, or like how, how advantageous is like that counter? units this half depends on the player itself themselves um because uh, if you're if you're using horses and horses are like I, I want to say like weak two archers in a way if you move your horses right on nature of empires too you can still um get away um from the situation in a more graceful way or like just kill the archers in Age of Empire 4, the archers pretty much win. I don't want to say like no matter what, but it is very difficult to recover after that. And I beat my tongue, holy fuck. Okay. Um, that, that it, that's it for Age of players 4. I'm going to keep playing this game like in the coming weeks. So. Nice. Happy ranting coming. <laughs> mm. uh,
1: why um, don't I pick it up then, since I think. Uh, Rick, you're playing a game that'll transition nicely into our topic. Um, yes. Yeah. So, and I, I and I don't have a lot to say on this one. So I'm still playing Hot Wheels Unleashed. Still love it. Fun. Though probably going to stop playing once Forza Horizon Five comes out. Like hmm. that, that'll probably get replaced by that game because I'm starting to get the itch for racing games all of a sudden. Xbox has changed me. <laughs> um, Disco Elysium just slowly plugging away. Love this game. Um, also, I don't know why I, I haven't like brought this up in the last few weeks, but I've been playing The Great Ace Attorney Chronicles. I just keep forgetting to put it on like the agenda. Um, but it might be also because I don't have a lot more to say about it simply because like it would be spoilers. And to put it this way, I, I'm in the second case right now, near the end of the second case of the second game. Uh, this one... This one's this is an this is excellent. This is top-tier Ace Attorney stuff. Like once we entered into this one, I was like, oh, alright. It ratchets up. Fortunately, though, I I really do think you have to play the first one. And it's like, I don't know, the the first one's doing that thing that a lot of great series have to do. Like it, it has to establish things, and it is good on its own, but it's just like it's a little bit like how I think, you know, I saw Dune recently, and I absolutely fucking adored that uh movie so much. But I also like I haven't, I think I read the original dude like ages ago, but I kind of know where the story is going a little bit. So like knowing that there's another part, I'm like, I know that it's, it's, it'll probably end up being even better when that second part comes out. It's a little bit the case with this. Um, and I really don't recommend playing this game without having played the first, they kind of tell you some stuff, but it's just, it's so, so interrelated to the first game. Um, hell the, f- like every single one, like the first episode is a throwback to the first game. The second episode is the same thing. And like they're interconnected and they're expanding on it. So highly, highly recommend doing that first. And, uh, it's dope. I've been playing it on the bus as I go to work now. Cause I'm back on that work transit. So it's kind of great. Like I'll just sit there and I play for like, you know, my bus ride's not very long, honestly, but like, you know, 15 minutes or so on the bus, just, you know, getting through it. And then, um, uh, so, at least, like, half an hour a day. This game, I've been playing since, like, August. It's been a long time. It's, it's a it's a lengthy son of a bitch. <laughs> but it's very good.
2: I'm just going to say, in kind of jealous, that you can actually, like, play something in the bus without being fearful of your console being stolen.
1: Yeah, my bus is pretty empty. Like, I ride a bus, like, in the morning, and it's honestly just very chill. <laughs> like, public transit here <laughs> is pretty chill, especially where I'm at. Um, like... I I bust to a major cent a transit center. So it's like basically I'm on the bus that like all the high school kids are taking kind of deal. So it's pretty chill. Um But I'm also started playing I just I had really wanted to play. So I was gonna start playing Warrior Wear Touch, but then I was like, dude, you've never played like the Rhythm Heaven on the DS. So I was like, why don't I pl- uh try that one out? It's cool, it's played on its side. Like um like you know how like Hotel Dusk and some of those games are played. And uh, this game's awesome. I love Rhythm Heaven so much. I'm, I'm not that good at it. Like, I find uh, the rhythms sometimes trip me up a little bit. So, like, I have to really focus when I'm playing it. But I, it's such a good game. It's such a fun game. Fun game to play, too. Like, I was, like, watching something. Like, I don't know, probably, like, the new season of Big Mouth or something. I was just, like, letting it on in the background as I play Rhythm Heaven and I was having a good time. Uh, okay, I'm also playing Metroid Dread. And uh, so, you know how I was talking about how like Batman Arkham Knight is a great game, but like, uh, it's kind of the experience I'm having with Metroid Dread right now. Like it's, it's, it's obviously a good game, you know, like it it is like Mercury. um, I can't remember the rest of the name of their company. Mercury Steam? Mercury Steam, yeah, clearly it's extremely competent. Like, the design's excellent. Um, now, uh, I will say this. Okay, the game looks good. But, like, I'm playing on a 4K OLED at this point. And Nintendo really, like, it's it's getting bad now. Like, it's just... It's so so far behind when I look at like when the Series X and I know maybe that's not a fair comparison, but but you know you know I'm playing Arkham Knight right and like Arkham Asylum which are technically Xbox One games, and sure the Return to Arkham series had the Xbox One and X like they're like enhanced versions, but when I was looking at um, Arkham Knight, it's not and it's so gorgeous like texturally everything and like Metroid Dread, it's muddy. And it's, it's kind of blurry in a lot of ways when you play it on there. And I bet it looks beautiful on the shrunken down OLED uh, switch, but this is the problem. Like the Switch is, is two things now, right. And like, if you try to play that on the TV, it's just, it suffers. Like games just look worse like that. And especially in comparison. And like, you can, I can tell in moments where I'm like, well, this looks compressed and this looks like, you know, they weren't able to like make this look much better. Like it's looking a like some of the assets to me looked a little like a like 360 game when i'm playing like that's and you know like now art design wise it's incredible but the issue here isn't really art design it's more um
2: sorry. hardware limitations
1: hardware limitations poor rick it's rick. late for him right here and he's drifting <laughs> off i'm struggling i'll be honest i I'm trying to talk I'm- about this in rick's <laughs> it's just okay. I've
0: followed all the threads as they've gone in and out. Yeah, and I, I think I've followed all the conversations. Don't worry, I appreciate okay. <laughs> being very rude to you guys because I'm just like oh, no, I I'm like we're all hanging out one corner of the mouth.
1: It's not rude. It's just very funny. I'm trying not to <laughs> like. You know, yeah. it too.
2: But I am trying like not to pay attention because you're like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah We've broken the
0: fourth <laughs> wall. We're here now.
1: Yeah, sorry, but it. uh it's late for Rick to be fair. It's quite late because we had to start a little later than usual. Um you know, it's only afternoon for me. But anyway, yeah, sorry, Paulo, you're adding like like the it, Yeah, it looks like yeah, there's hardware limitations, right? And again, you can you can make it look, like everything looks good tinier, um, but it's like when you blow it up on the big TV all the imperfections you can't hide them anymore right they're right there in full view and it's like i don't know i just i sit here and i'm like dude the hardware limitations on this thing make this look worse than some of the games that i've been playing like in the metroidvania genre at this point um and i just also like not much is a surprise anymore in metroid and this is Another issue with Metroidvania and I kind of worry that maybe Silk, like Hollow Knight, will fall into this, but I don't know if it will because they, they're, it's a whole different character in this next one. But like when you create sequels to Metroidvanias, Castlevania does fall into this very often. Uh, you just get all the same upgrades, right? When do I get my double jump? When do I get my this, that, that? And then like in Metroid, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to get a different beam. When do I get my morph ball? When do I get, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And there needs to be some reason to like that you lose all those things. And so as I'm playing this game, I'm like, Yeah, this is fun. I wouldn't even really call it hard. Like so you would say like it's difficult. Like, yeah, some of the bosses are difficult, but it's like it is just pattern recognition, right? So like at the end of the day, it's not that hard. You just have to slow down a little bit and just be more um direct in your approach, which that's fine. I I think the bosses are cool. Um it just doesn't do it for me like I don't know why I I want to love this game but I realize too though I don't think I've ever loved a Metroid game I think I have always loved games inspired by Metroid um and as I'm playing through it I'm like oh yeah I don't love these games I find their control methods to be awkward and clunky like the shooting with the fuck man Listen, they do great job at utilizing every fucking biting on this controller. Because I swear <laughs> to Christ, you're going to use every fucking button on this controller. But like <laughs> holding L to like aim freely while you're stuck in place, and then it's like, which one do I have to hold? I got to hold R so I can shoot my missiles. And wait, which one's for the fucking thing? Oh, okay, yeah. And then I, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> I'm just sitting here going like, no, get the right stick, just feet. aim. Like <laughs> I just have this feeling where I'm like. Do you know what I mean? It's 2D. Why can't I why can't the right stick control my fucking arm? But anyway, it's fine. It's fine. I don't even know what the right stick fucking controls in this game. What does the right stick fucking control? I don't even know. I guess it does kind of control it. Cause it sort of, it'll I don't even remember. What does the right stick fucking do in this game? You're yeah. good at utilizing every button, just not every stick. Yeah, not every stick, right? I don't know. well, cause when you hold down L, then but then it locks you in place so you can to control your thing Ugh! i wish i loved this game i don't love this game if you love metroid games i think you'll love it i think i just i've come to realize that like for me the epitome of metroidvanias is not this i think i fall more on the castlevania side of enjoying these types of games which which hollow knight is more castlevania than it is metroid and i think that's why i'm in i'm in that camp whereas metroid is just um it's cool if you love this stuff, like there's some cool sequence breaking things that you're a- you're going to you're going to be able to do, but I also feel no there's no reason to go explore in this game because none of the bosses require any missile upgrades to beat. Like you could technically beat all the bosses without any upgrades at all besides the obviously the required ones that you get through by playing the game which is probably good design because like then technically you can't like soft lock yourself out or force yourself to go on some like unnecessary quest to find missiles but also I'm like well I don't really give a shit about missiles cuz I don't need them I'm just count- I also fucking hate the counter. Oh fucking god almighty the counter is so fucking <laughs> stupid. I any mechanic that involves waiting to me is fucking bullshit. Like it's like in fucking Ocarina of time when you got to fucking wait for your fucking dumb skeleton to fucking come at you so that you can go bling and then hit them. And I fucking hate that so much. I, it's so stupid. I'm like, Oh, wait for the flash. So I can go bling. like, ah, it's so dumb. I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Anyway, that's my rant. That's nothing really against Metroid, but no, it is stupid. It's not a new gameplay mechanic. What the fuck are you talking about? So I walk up and there's a fucking enemy and I go, okay, when does he go shing? And then I hit him. Like, is that fun? Is that fun? That's not fun. (laughs) That's just stupid. (laughs) And the Emmys are dumb. Like they're scary in a moment, but they're in a, you know what they are? They're fucking, they're the Silent Hill Shattered Memory shit they're they're locked off in an area so you enter the area and you go oh the enemies might be here but then you just leave the area and then you get a one-shotter so when like you you one-shot them later it's like uh, i wish i liked this game i don't like this game um anyway but is it a bad game hell no it's probably a great game like it's probably like a nine out of ten game you know But for me, it ain't. It just ain't for me. If you enjoy it, I totally see why you do, um, and I get it. But nah, man. I don't know. I'm gonna probably resell this when I'm done, make a good solid mint off it because I'm just like I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna come back and play this years later. Um, Anyway, sorry. This is disappointing reality for me on this one. But Rick, why don't you? uh, (laughs) Why don't we pull you into life again and tell us about the games you're playing?
0: We'll do our best. I'll reanimate myself. So um I played a bit more distrust last week with um friend of the podcast cock, aka Matt, and uh friend of the podcast and fatty critic coach Abotage. Uh so that was fun. I feel like three players is what this game's made for. Like it the co-op mm. really brings out the aspects of this game that work. Um nothing new to say beyond that. Ditto Rocket League, still excellent. I've still been playing it. Uh, ditto ghost trick phantom detective still excellent still been playing it i am at the how to say this that's spoiling anything for paula uh, <laughs> the bit where you have to restart a generator gotcha and that generator is kept something significant yeah there we go okay um technically still playing oracle of seasons i'll be honest i just haven't made the time to sit down and like sit with a guide on it but mm-hmm. i do need to um and then three new games that I've like started playing more concertedly over the past week. The first of those is Harmonite for the 3DS. This is a Game Freak developed game. Oh, And ostensibly it's like a rhythm action game. What that predominantly devolves into is a mix of action platforming segments with very weak sort of connection between the actual music that's being played and the thing that the platforming requires of you, which it's loose and tenuous to the point of frustration the second thing it does are segments where you do like a simon says call and response sort of thing to what the enemy is doing that is as boring and rotten by the numbers as you would imagine the gameplay is wonderfully animated uh the music's decent overall like it's a strong package so far and it's just a short game that's definitely going to help um the second game is the original oh someone's got clacky keyboards <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've been found out. <laughs> um, the second one of those three is the original The Witcher game
1: uh, for PC. It's holds
0: game. It holds up, plays really, really well.
1: I love that game. It, it's it's it is it is very different, but I dig it.
0: <laughs> different is absolutely the word. So for the people listening at home, the combat is basically like a rhythmic action RPG. So instead of like. Mm-hmm clicking a button per hit what you do is you click the attack button to start the attack and then when you get like a flashing prompt you click again and you do a faster attack so it's almost like a qte but it's a bit more involved and it's a bit more um, properly put together that's pretty cool uh the characters are all pretty cool uh, i am still very early so i haven't actually made it out of camoran yet but so far so good and then the last game i'm playing and you're absolutely right alexis ties massively into our topic this week um I, I sold out. I bought Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy like near to launch. Damn. Um, no. Fuck all of you, It's a great game. So we relevant now. <laughs> <laughs> Legit. So it's interesting that they've gone for such a similar take to the movies yet are very, very keen to distance themselves from yeah. the movie timeline. So for example, um, in the game's chronology, Drax the Destroyer uh, allegedly killed Thanos. That was directly involved in that. Um, Their Rocket Raccoon has a similar backstory, as does Groot, as does Gamora. Um, But there's various things that don't quite tie in. So, like, there's been some early, early flashbacks to Peter Quill's childhood and an indication as to what happened to his mum, being similar but like different enough to what happens in the MCU version. If it weren't for Quill's very, very punchable face, I actually like all of the character (laughs) designs in the game version way more than the films. Uh, Drax especially, the geometric shapes um, and the the way that they sort of curve the patterning into into the the, uh, design on his body, I really, really like. Uh, Gamora's two-tone hair is pretty cool. Um, You very, very early on get an option to sort of switch Groot's character design back to the film version. And uh, I didn't I kept it. I like the slightly more rugged look that they've given him. They've done a really, really good job and they've done an even better job with the dialogue. It feels mm. like you're playing through a Guardians movie in the best sense of the word that that, that is meant genuinely is quite high praise. Um, yes. The Combat is fun so far, kind of bare bones. And I can see why it's been um, the target for some criticism. The um the sort of pump up bonus move thing is so superfluous and pointless. It's just like an excuse to shoehorn all the, the licensed music that they've got for the game in. Um but as an overall package, I'm about uh, maybe two hours in and I've just got to the point that was in the E3 demo or whichever demo it was where cool. you're like traversing these mushroom things and you're off to like sell something off for loads and loads of money. It's really fucking good. I'm having a really, really good time. I'm glad that this turned out in the way that I suppose a lot of people hope the Avengers might be going in. And that, I mean, is the perfect opportunity to segue into our topic this week. And it is prompted mm-hmm. by me playing some Guardians of the Galaxy. And that is like the whole A trend that gladly now seems to be dying a death of trying to squeeze microtransactions into $60 games or £60 mm. games or your regional equivalent games especially ones where they've got an established IP to try and milk dry. Um, And I suppose there's an element of schadenfreude in those woefully inept attempts to make that happen. Um, Mm. The amounts of money that these companies have hemorrhaged as a result, and the vindication in them making like properly good single-player games, and those games are actually selling quite well and making the company money. It's almost like it's a win-win. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Will well, it it's, fun?
1: it's funny because like as much as like personally, so this is where I'll sound hypocritical, where like personally I'm not enjoying uh, Metroid Dread as much as I would like to. I also do love that this game is like an 8 to 10 hour single player experience. Like in that sense, I'm like dope, you know, like because also I would rather get to sit in and play that and decide whether or not I enjoy it or not then jumping into these crazy live service games where they're just like, buy your XP boost now, or come on into your war table. It's time to go online, get your squad together. And I'm like, oh, shut the fuck up. Stop, stop. You know, like just, <laughs> just back up. All right. I already bought your game. Back up. You know? Um, but I do think too, something that it's like, like you said, I, I think there is this kind of pendulum swing back where like companies are starting to kind of realize like, oh shit, like, there isn't all that much. It's like when everyone ran to MMOs once World of Warcraft got huge, right? Like there was that giant surge towards them. And now there's this, I think there's a better realization that like, yeah, you can make one that will be fairly successful, but it's going to take so many resources and not all of us can do this, right? Like there's only so many players. And I think it's the same with live service, right? There's not that many actual players who are willing to tie their boat or whatever to a one fucking game. And so like one thing too, it's like when it comes to live service, like from what I've seen as well, even from my experience as a gamer, and it's anecdotal obviously, but I think I've seen this fair bit. It's like when you're a little younger and usually when you have more free time, um, I find you can spend a little more time playing, you know, games wherein you have to keep up with them, where you're playing with friends, you know, like you're just, you're more socially tied in that sense. But like, they leave eventually, right? (laughs) And like, unless you're onboarding a lot of new people onto your service, they're just, you're gonna see a dwindling of player base eventually. And like, I don't know. I think companies are realizing like, I, I don't think there really is such thing as a game that'll last forever. I mean, I don't know, maybe Minecraft will prove us wrong. But even then, there's always going to be like, you know, movement within, um within these types of games and getting people involved in them from the get-go is pretty tough. Like Avengers failed spectacularly because it's also a bad game, right? Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Do you know? And I think this speaks to it beyond because obviously there's like the, the paying for a game and then paying for things on top of the game. You saw that with the you saw that with Avengers, mm-hmm. you've seen that with others, but there's also like the putting the service before the product. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like, companies seeing an opportunity to rinse and then like trying to build a game around that rather than like building the game around what they want to make and the story they maybe want to tell yeah with, with Avengers you see that directly because like you can almost see from the devs perspective like with the campaign mode it seems like there was something that could have been really cool there just in and of itself and then clearly there's this external pressure to make Hulk's rib cage upgradable because that's something we can sell to consumers yeah, um, and that's compounded by what you say, Alex. There's only so many hours in the day, and you know, even if you can make a, a really compelling one, the market can't support more than a couple. Just the same as it was the MMOs. Yeah.
1: Cool. And ultimately, like you said, they just sometimes they're just they're just shitty. You know, like it's like you entered <laughs> into a game, and like I, I think in general there are some. Look, we've, we've touched on this before, that there are some genres that play better for this, sports. But I also think racing is another genre where um, some of these games, like even when I think about the Hot Wheels game I got, it released at a much cheaper price than like standard retail because there is an expectation that like we're going to keep adding tracks and cars and things to this game as we move along. And I think for some reason, maybe with racing, it feels less... Um, I don't know, cheap because the product itself is like feature complete. Like when you buy it, you're like, yeah, I've got all the features that I need in here. And arguably, I never have to buy anything else. But the things that I do buy can be extras. And you could make the argument like, oh, well, why didn't they just take more time and develop it and like, you know, put it all in there together. And like, I don't know, maybe you're right on that. You know what I mean? But I feel like it maybe feels a little less, I don't know, it just feels less, nasty with a racing one because like what they're adding is really kind of preference based you know like do i want that thing i don't really care but when you're playing a game like marvel's avengers i don't know i think i'd like to fucking play as spider-man from the get-go it's called marvel's avengers you know (laughs) like it's like you know what i'm saying like it's one of those things where you're like oh they just announced that it's coming soon apparently so spider-man is coming um are they all
0: gonna finish that off that's yeah like it's like i I want to
1: right? It's like, I would like to play as Black Panther, please. Like, I don't want to pay money. Um, So it's like, all that shit, like, really does genuinely feel like it's like, well, we're just saving that for later, you know? Um, Which, talk about being a little arrogant and a little confident to think that, like, oh, yeah, everyone's going to come in so that we can create DLC. Like, bro, I don't know. I always feel like DLC should be this thing where it's like, Be ready, but like you put that game out, see if people fucking like it, and then you (laughs) make some DLC for it. You know, like when when you yeah.
0: But we how how can we sell the season pass if we haven't already decided what DLCs coming out?
1: I know. Talk about the cancer of season passes. Anyway, Paolo, why don't you take it away?
0: Talk talk about the cancer of two season passes for a single game, Borderlands Three.
2: Oh my god.
0: (laughs) Paolo, the floor is yours.
2: Yeah, I-, I was trying to think because, like, when you first pitched like the the topic, I I also took into account like uh those free games that have like microtransactions like, to the brim, like Pokemon Unite. But also, like, I was thinking more on the lines of Genshin impact because it is a free mm-hmm. game. But there's um, I want to say that there's a lot wrong with the game, but like mechanically, it is enjoyable. But the thing is is that since it's a light service game, the story isn't done yet. And because the story isn't done yet, then very uh, much they have to keep you engaged like with things like daily missions or like ways, what like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like sign-in bonuses or stuff like that. Sign-in
1: bonuses, yeah, okay, streaks, yeah. Um, yeah.
2: Yes, streaks, and, and then you have, like, the four daily missions that give you, like, the special, like, currency that you used for uh, the wishes that are, like, the gacha from this game. And even if the gacha has, like, a PT system, so you don't, like, spend your life away trying to get a specific character or a specific weapon, it's still kind of... I don't really like that kind of stuff, because, like, uh, because of the banner system they have going on, the characters not only keep rotating, but they 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 keep like putting on more characters, which like it, it is fine because like oh you get like more characters to play and like make different dynamics within your party and stuff like that. But it's also I don't want to say predatory, but people have spent like many like a lot of money on this, and I'm pretty sure that if the um, if, if, if for some reason something happens and Genshin, like the story is like unresolved, I guess, mm. or like they don't finish like developing the story, I can see like a lot of people getting pissed about that. Mm.
1: It's like George <laughs> R. Martin, so... you ever gonna finish Game of Thrones?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. But I also get, like, why people like these kind of, like, life service games. Because, for example, my friend likes to, like, sign in, like, every day. But also, like, having something different to do. Like, each, I guess, like, each banner or each, or, like, during the defense where they have, mm-hmm. like, tower defense games or stuff like that. It's not for me. And I guess, like, can Bank is, like, the, one so of the lesser bats because like although they're kind of fucking unite a is a very enjoyable game but it has too many fucking currencies
1: well see it's a bit of a double-edged sword right where we hate live service games but live service games have also built within it an expectation that certain games will be supported for a long time i think like animal crossing yeah. right like uh, most people would say they haven't really done enough, right? Which I, I do think that Animal Crossing likely in an ideal world was going to have more support, but I'm pretty damn sure COVID like threw major wrenches into Animal Crossing's like path plan, you know? Like I'm sure... As well as mm-hmm. just
0: how many copies that game sold, let's not forget. Yeah, yeah it's, it's still...
1: like... Oh, sorry, yeah?
2: Yeah, still I feel like um, mm-hmm. Animal Crossing, like at the very least, like, I want to say like a couple of updates in was like this day the game was supposed to like come out because like when they added like pushes and and hedges mm-hmm. and like more storage space and stuff like that like the the island customization like exploded in a way
0: yeah.
2: and now like with 2.0 it's like yeah this this is supposed to be animal crossing like this feels like what it was meant to be in a way
1: Well, and see, that's the hard thing, right? Like that is, in in and of itself, the progress. I think a process of live service games, right? Like the concept of updating and continuously going. It's like, well, that was never a thing when you had your freaking GameCube, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, or like even like the 360 era. It was like, what are you talking about? I mean, that's when we slowly saw the introduction of um, downloadable stuff. But yeah, like on one hand, if a game is great. And you want to keep updating it and giving us new things. That's awesome. Yeah, right? It's like bringing on. But it's also one of these things where like, I don't know, at a certain point, when does the company decide like, okay, well, now we're going to design for that to happen, right? It's like, I feel like we loved it when it was organic when it was like, this is a game that makes sense to be supported. But then the minute that like, you know, companies start to like try and create these things, I think it's like, I don't know. I think there's a disconnect at that point, right? Like I can't even think of too many games that were specifically created with this in mind that have succeeded. There's been a couple, but like most happened organically, right? Well, then again, I don't know what is organic. If, is that just good marketing? Who knows?
0: (laughs) I I wanted to, oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead.
2: Uh, I wanted to add, like, on the MMO side of things, because, uh, especially, like, because of Final Fantasy XIV, that started, like, very bad. And then it was, like, uh, Reborn for the fucking Ashes. And I cannot, like, go anywhere, like, on Discord or Twitter uh, without the game being mentioned at some point. (laughs) Yeah. And I have to say, like, people have been, like, very hyped about the final... I think it's the final update and it's supposed, like, to close the story. Yeah, final final. Or, like, final. bring the story to... Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's Endwalker. And, well, like, I'm starting to see, like, why people are so passionate, like, about this game. Because, like, the, 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 the developers themselves are, like, super passionate about the game. To the point that uh, the game was... Um, the, the final expansion was, like, delayed, like, I don't know, 10 days, less than two weeks. And the director, I think it was, or, like, the lead developers pretty much apologized, like, from the bottom of their hearts because they they care so much about this game. I was like, I see why the the the, the Final Fantasy for being, like, online, MMO, whatever, um, was able, like, to... To become something like that people love after the the initial failure of the launch.
0: Mm. So, I, I suppose.
2: Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, oh, go, go ahead.
0: ahead. I... I, I was going to say, like, I, I think in proposing this, I sort of wanted to put a positive spin on the single player side of things, the way things end, because... Mm-hmm. Although there have been some egregious examples as this stuff's come through um, past few years, the only people who've been making sort of good single player shit really um, have been the platform holders. So whether that's yeah um, a Halo on the Microsoft side or a Gears, uh, whether that's your God of War or your Horizon or your Uncharted or your Ratchet and Clank or your Ghost of Tsushima or, or I mean or like anything Nintendo is basically one.
1: making, right? brother of the wild yeah i, just I
0: often consider them to be a special case anyway, or your spider-man and that's mm-hmm. the big one because it's the platform mm-hmm. holders doing this stuff with big rights properties and mm-hmm. guardians of the galaxy represents a real um shifting approach battlefront 2 that's another fucking yeah. great example. Where, yeah. where a big company has got this big ip and they're essentially trying to like rinse it for everything it can be rinsed for um mm-hmm. And then you have Jedi Fallen Order, which is a Mm -hmm. single player game. Um, You know, you have all these sort of, um, which even Battlefront
1: Oh, yeah, I was gonna say even Battlefront two started to recognize because like they introduced the the campaign, which I actually think the campaign was pretty fun. Um, But like, yeah, yeah, too little, too that kind of deal. But like when you think about it, because that came out kind of I think at the heyday of like when everyone was really pushing these games because it was 2017 but like as it updated like now that game if you really want a fun experience like it's a good time um because they really fixed through a lot of stuff and got rid of like a lot of those um loot boxy issues and like all that kind of microtransaction bullshit live servicey stuff like i because i went back to it very recently and i was like this is completely different from when i tried it out the first time
0: (laughs) albeit ultimately launched that's a a full price game that is then also going to sell you microtransactions but then you have mm-hmm. Jedi Fallen Order and you have a Guardians of the Galaxy and you're starting to see these publishers go, right, well, we just need to make a single-player game. And I think that's something that should be highlighted and uh, celebrated, stronger word, but appreciated, maybe supported if you're interested and if the reviews went well, which is how I wound up buying Guardians of the Galaxy and like the launch Fortnite sort of situation. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's very easy to sort of get ragged up on the modern state of the industry, but I think we should also take the time to sort of see the wins when they come
1: yeah far and few yep. between but they're good when they get there <laughs> you know? you're know, you like yeah. mm-hmm. though I think next year we're gonna probably I, I think we're gonna see a good um dearth of these kind of games coming like they're they're coming you know they're like they're there around the corner and <laughs> it's crossed though I will laugh like I wonder if we'll get to a point because like I do think in general that like the industry tends to take these um You know, these ups and downs where like we'll go through a period of time where I'm sure we'll get to a point where we're just like, everybody's making all these linear (laughs) single... And then people will be like, when do we go back to the open world? Now everyone's doing open world. They're like, it's too much open world. When do we go back (laughs) to... You know what I mean? Um, And usually though, to be fair, it's usually because someone takes a good idea and then just does it lazily, right? Whereas I think you're seeing something like Guardians, it seems like they're taking a good idea, which was like, frankly, like you mentioned, the Avengers concept of like that single player fun experience. And then they're like, why don't we refine this and actually make it more considered and make it a little bit better here? And like mm. you said, is one you play as one person, right? You don't play as all the Guardians, right? You're just as Quill, aren't you?
0: Correct, that's right, yeah.
1: It's um so I've been to the moment, around, but I actually think,
0: <laughs> Well, exactly. And it's a smart way of um integrating the team together because effectively you are role playing an individual and you are directly involved in their interactions because they'll be talking about things and you can pick a side. Um but you're also essentially like a fly of the wall hearing all these other more interesting characters interact and it makes it very easy to sort of place yourself. Um I think all the systems are designed really well around that. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 And I mean, when you even think about like next year too, like um, you've got another horizon coming. But I guess you're right. Like a lot of the games that are coming are very much um, from the platform holders. Still, still kind of. Maybe it's also because they're the ones who can take the risk, right? Like, mm-hmm.
0: I refuse to accept that the other big boys can't financially afford to take that risk. Like whether whether they oh no they can a, a afford a it. It's just will they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's so yeah.
1: But then we're getting stock or two as well. And like, um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe something like my, you know, hope is that services like Game Pass and stuff that aren't so requiring of it being like, you know, just just, just something where you can come in and play it once in a while can help with some of those single player games. But time will tell. Time will tell.
0: And speaking of time, because we've run quite long and I'm quite tired. I think it's probably time for...
1: How, long to, How long to beat the game? game. Oh, poor Rick. And, so uh, and it's up to you this week, I think. <laughs> it is.
0: Believe it or not, I am already prepared. So yeah. we are. <laughs> Fuck that. That's getting re rolled. <laughs> Fuck that. That's getting re rolled. We're going to be here all night. That's getting re rolled.
1: What are you re rolling? What are all right. these games? <laughs> Ooh.
0: Rhythm Thief and the Emperor's Treasure. Are you just 3DS. picking the one you know? <laughs> uh, no, no, I'm just picking not the Fidelio incident, whatever the fuck that is. Uh,
1: so, Rhythm Thief. Thief
2: monkey. and the Emperor's
1: Treasure. And the Emperor's Treasure. Okay.
2: What is it? It was like
0: a very, very early 3DS title. You'll recognize it when you see it. Oh,
1: it's got like well, well reviewed.
0: Yeah, it reviewed relatively okay. It's like. um. I've never seen Almost it. Almost like before. a mix between. Um, it gives, you, it gives me. And
1: Nick's right. Yeah, I was going to say it's super latent looking. Yeah. Uh, but it's rhythm action. Rhythm action. Might be something it's I need to try at some
2: point.
1: Oh, but is it that weird 3D animation that they tried to make work? Um, Ish. Yeah. Oh, is this like a Leapy agent? Agents? <laughs>
0: yeah, like I said, it's a bit of Wendani.
1: Yeah, I would. I'm. I'm. Maybe actually,
2: I might want to check this
1: out. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> uh, myself as well. So, for context, I'm
0: guessing main ten hours, main plus ten hours. I don't trust the hundred percent time, so I'm going to stick with yeah. what I think is going to be sort of a a close hewn set of times. Because is this
1: hours. one of those um. Uh. I was gonna say. Yeah, this is probably a game that has a lot of collectibles, huh? Um,
0: maybe. I'm, I like I'm not maybe. Collectibles, maybe like. To I
2: don't know. if collectibles by trying to master like each track. Maybe. Mm,
1: yeah, like when Mostly you're mastering maybe. the tracks and stuff. Yeah, is it track based? I right, know, whatever. I'm gonna go with uh. uh I don't know. Maybe a little less, um, but I don't think a ton less. Let's see. Um, Yeah, I'll, well, fuck. Okay, I'm going to go eight hours. I think it's a little, I don't think it's quite as long. And I'm going to go 10 and a half for, uh, and I'm also not going to do 100% because I, Think it could be anywhere from twenty to sixty.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think because, like, I think like all the like the rhythm games like with a story that I play are under fifteen hours, some under twelve. So
1: usually, yeah, like when I think about Elite Beat Agents, like I remember I beat that in a sitting, right? But I'm guessing a 3DS one's probably a bit longer.
2: Or maybe it isn't, or, or maybe it is, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the one thing I'm worried about is that 100% because there's enough for was. No, first enough for dancing all night was 34 hours for 100%, I think. Fuck.
0: I feel that was
1: oddly labeled as well.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, with rhythm games, it's like, well, who freaking knows how long? Like, you know, like, yeah.
2: And yeah let so... go- say Ooh. uh yeah I'm not I'm not touching one hundred percent. But I'm gonna say nine nine hours and a half for a main and ten hours and a half for a main plus.
0: Okay. Right, so everybody's locked in. So the times are main story seven and a half hours. We okay. In the money, just about on my part, actually. <laughs> uh, main plus, 10 and a half hours, which means you're hey! all in hey! like, and on the money. Uh, and None of us have gone for 100%, which for the record was uh, 14 and a half hours.
1: Oh, that is it's not very, as very much sweet. as I
0: expected. Okay. Yeah, 100%. Mm. So, three points all around. Um, Alex and I are now on one, one, three. Paula nearly at the 100 mark. I was trying to say catching up, but like really that <laughs> ground has not changed at all for weeks. No, it's exactly the same. Got it or not got it, yeah. Um, so power's on 98, so 15 points behind the pack. Um, yeah. And guests, unfortunately, are still on zero. I haven't read that one out for weeks and weeks and weeks. We've had like six yeah. guests and none of them have got a single point on how long to beat the game. I truly Here's feel a cool like... Interest.
1: Yeah, and I really feel like every single week we've had a guest on, it has been rough yeah oh, it's, <laughs> like, it's been a, been a nasty hard game because i don't even know if we've gotten points when we've had guests on um it's just kind of what happens we and also i think we're getting a little bit better now i mean this has been our this is our 52nd episode playing this game i feel like we're getting to a point where like we're fairly good at assessing <laughs> we're there unless yeah. the ps1 game ps1 games totally throw us off we just never know <laughs> they be long or they could be super short but it's impossible uh, anyway, let's let um, Rick get some sleep now. Our, our poor. I was gonna our poor say, I'm, I'm assessing my
0: needs for sleep, which is quite high. Currently.
1: Uh, thanks for tuning in, folks. We'll see you again next week. And that's With it. A bit more energy, hopefully. Bye. Mm-hmm.
2: Bye-bye. Bye. Oh, man.